Welcome to Business Breakthroughs, where business walls aren't barriers, but stepping stones. With hands-on advice, real-life examples, and stories that ignite, our coaches are here to help you shatter those walls. At the forefront guiding every breakthrough is your host, Neil DiPentino. Hey there, welcome to Business Breakthroughs. I'm Neil DiPentino, I'm your host. So glad you could be with us today. Uh, we've got a great guest. You're gonna just love this guest uh, and we'll introduce him here in just a second. But you know, something that I kind of been thinking about a little bit and, and I even thought about a little bit more as I was looking at our guest uh, LinkedIn profile is that you know, when you wanna learn something, you wanna learn from the best. And if you wanna be successful, you wanna learn from successful people. And that's exactly what our guest today preaches. He's a growth trainer and coach, and uh, he has helped to introduce several apps, including uh, RoboKiller, a world-leading mobile utility app. He's the co-host of uh, the Breakout Growth Podcast and the owner of Breakout Growth Labs. From NYC, welcome our guest, Ethan Gar. Ethan, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, Neil. Thanks for having me. It's good to Absolutely. be here. I mean, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago, just kind of chitting and chatting and, and, uh, you know, talking about, you know, our businesses, our lives and, yeah. you know, and, and, and podcasting in general. Uh, so, uh, I've been really looking forward to having you on. You've got like all kinds of wonderful things that we could talk about and we're going to have to drill down because it's only a 20, <laughs> 25 minute show. Um, before we get into all this though, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about Ethan Gar? Yeah, well, I think you, uh, hit the, uh, a couple of the highlights. So, um, yeah, currently, uh, I'm probably more well-known for the Breakout Growth Podcast, which I co-host with Sean Ellis. Sean, uh, your audience may know, he uh, wrote the book Hacking Growth, and he coined the term uh, growth hacking. So both of us are really passionate about helping companies uh, improve their growth trajectories. And what we feel like is that there's a common, um, there are common themes that the companies that have really uh, succeeded and uh, um the companies that have really done well, um, there's a set of kind of growth principles that they all follow. So what we're trying to do, and um, not just with sharing on the podcast, but also in our own coaching and advising businesses, is help people understand what those principles are and how to apply them so that they can have their own success in their business as well. Um, as you said, prior to that, I ran uh, I ran growth and I co-invented uh, the mobile app RoboKiller. Um, for anyone in your audience who's not familiar with RoboKiller, um, it's a top uh, utility app here in the United States, and um, it stops those annoying spam calls on your mobile phone. But what made it unique and probably was a big driver of its uh, of its success is not only did it uh, block those annoying calls, but it actually answered them with these robots we called answer bots, which would talk back to the spammers and waste their time, which was nice. hilarious, um, but it was also very valuable. And it also gave us a great story to tell. Um, so we were really successful um, using the media as a lever to um, accelerate the growth of that business as well. So um, my career started way back uh, in uh, the uh, early dot-com boom. Uh, I worked for a company called Uproar.com, which was an er uh, early dot-com unicorn. Actually, that's where Sean Ellis and I met. Um, and it's been a kind of a wild ride fr from there, from everything from trying to build my own brick and mortar business. Uh, it was a do-it-yourself public wood shop for anyone interested. Oh wow! Um, to working, in I didn't, I didn't see that one on your LinkedIn. That's <laughs> a long time ago now, but yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of a precursor to the makerspace idea. So yeah, nice. so I've had a, you know an interesting uh, career. But like I said, I you know what Sean and I think are really passionate about is that growth hacking sounds like you know. Um, 
tricks and magic bullets, but it's really the, it's actually a really disciplined approach to growth where you're constantly trying to test and learn and trying to try, trying to drive flywheel acceleration in the business. So we're really passionate about that. And it's, it's actually as far from tricks and gimmicks as possible. It's really about helping companies really understand and leverage their product market fit, um, in meaningful ways so that they can find the high leverage opportunities in their business and then use testing and experimentation to drive sustainable growth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's all about discipline. I mean, and that's, I think, yeah. one of the key factors in, you know, in most people who have been very successful, they're very disciplined people. I've had the for good fortune of interviewing a lot of ex-military people over the last you know, few weeks, few months. Yeah. And the one thing that seems to be the common theme and, and, and has been, you know, part of their success, not only in the military, but in, in uh, civilian life as well, is be using that discipline they learn and, and applying that into their businesses and teaching it to the people that they work with and work for. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, discipline and creativity are not mutually exclusive, right? You can be disciplined in how you approach creativity and innovation. And I think that's what we, we're trying to do. I mean, look, I, I've worked on, you know, RoboKiller is one of the more innovative businesses, I think, around. I mean, we, we, you know, I think to some degree, we changed the landscape. It was fantastic. Every day was about coming in and being innovative. But I think what set us up for success and what I try to help companies do today in my coaching and training and sometimes as an interim or fractional uh, chief growth officer is take what I learned about the systematic approach to growth that worked there and think about how we can apply that in each business's unique landscape. So, um, you know, look at RoboKiller, for example, um, before RoboKiller was even a, a germ of an idea. We had three other products in the company that were three other mobile apps that were successful in their own right. They were niche apps um, and they predated me at the company. When I got to, to Teltech, the parent company, what I tried to do was build the teams and the process and approach where we could accelerate growth in each of those products. So we built a, a distinct product teams around each one. I mean, it was a portfolio business, but we had distinct product teams and we had this test learn approach that we would try to stay very disciplined to. We had a weekly growth meeting. We had, we kept brainstorming out of the weekly growth meeting, but we um, were very careful about building a backlog of ideas. We built this approach so that when the idea for RoboKiller came, came around, I feel like we were ready. We, as a cult, we had a culture of growth and innovation that was ready to support that kind of breakout growth success. And hyper growth is, is a, a totally different animal. Like um, everyone I hope will have the opportunity at some point in their career to experience it, but it's like, mm. You're basically just holding on for dear life and also trying to lead and and do the right things all the time and um i think you and i were just chatting uh before um i interviewed on my podcast the ceo of um all trails uh, ron schneiderman his company just won uh apple's iphone app of the year for 2023 yesterday the same day that we published our second our second episode with him and again it was like you know uh the as we talked to him and as we you know we we learn from from these people, like you said, it's about finding the best people out there and understanding what's worked for them and then trying to apply it um, so that you can have your own success as well. 
I love that. I lo- you know, so you're, you're talking a lot about um, early on about RoboKiller and everything and talked about uh, you know success of other people. But I was looking at your LinkedIn page, and one of the things that really kind of stood out to me is that you use the practice of the world's best, fastest growing companies to accelerate uh, their how they accelerate their growth in your own business. And that's kind of what you share with other people, too. So yes. the whole idea is, is really taking what people do really well. I mean, the really successful people and kind of taking that and repurposing it for yourself, for other businesses and teaching those businesses how to use that. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, the podcast, uh, for, for Sean and I, like one of the most valuable things about it for us is just, it gives us the opportunity to constantly learn. I mean, my robo killer experience was, was fantastic. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it was one experience. If I just tried to take that and what happened, what I did there and just go into another uh, company, a company that I'm coaching or advising and do exactly the same thing. I think I'm almost guaranteeing them failure, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not, it's not so much about the tactics, right? It's really about working back to the foundation and understanding like what was important to growth that we can, that's repeatable. What are, what are the, the factors that make up sustainable growth? So mm-hmm. Sean defined this pyramid. And I always love it because at the very bottom of it is product market fit. We talk about testing and experimentation and the culture of innovation, but those are much higher up on the, on the pyramid. We actually start at the very beginning with like value creation. Like why does this company exist? And what is, what is the value that we create for the world? I mean, most, you know, a company can't grow without product market fit. It can't grow if people don't try, use, love, and keep using your product. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Most of what I do, a lot of what I end up doing in coaching and, and training is like starting with like, hey, let's back up because I know we're excited about the ideas and the tactics, the experiments, but those will only work if we have this foundation and we really understand how growth works in the business. One of the things that we always talk about is that you know companies fail for two reasons. Either they don't find product market fit um, or they don't understand their product market fit well enough to actually drive acceleration. And I think that's that's the most depressing way. Like companies that don't find product market fit, um, it just happens, you know, like, yeah, I, I respect any entrepreneur who goes out there and tr- gives it a try. Um, not every idea is going to work. You know, it can be, you know, my do-it-yourself public woodshop idea. People love the, the concept, right? I couldn't make it into a successful going concern, at least not at the rate that it would satisfy my investors. Um, right. That's, you know, that happens, but you see companies too, where they have a level of product market fit, but they're never really able to turn that into acceleration. They're never really able to find the channels that work to drive that business forward. So a lot of times I think it's because they get ahead of themselves. They're like, well, let's just try this. Let's experiment here. We have this great idea. Ideas are great, but I think before you can get to the ideas, it's like, you have to look and say, where's the high leverage in the business? And in order to understand the high leverage, you have to understand how growth works in the business. So, you know, we try to be disciplined about diagramming growth engines and really understanding the whole ecosystem that powers a business. I think when you do that, then you can set yourself up for that long-term success and eventually, hopefully building that culture of innovation that, you know, when it permeates through an entire business can really drive that long-term sustainable growth that I think we're all looking for. Yeah. You know, ideas are wonderful. Um, I, I could tell you what one of my uh, old coaches told me about ideas, but I won't go into it right now because um, <laughs> there's a lot of them out there, right? Um, I was actually, not long ago, I was on the board of a, a nonprofit 
and we were trying to come up with some kind of an idea for a um, for a fundraiser. And the, so the board was sitting around and we were just throwing ideas. I mean, just left and right, left and right. And not that any of them were bad, but uh, it was kind of, you know, one of those things where we weren't accomplishing anything. And, yeah. you know, if you stop and look at some of the ideas today, they probably, most of them weren't even executable, you know. And finally, yeah. the, uh, the, the, the chairman of the board uh, stopped everybody and said, hey, wait a minute. This is great. You guys are having ideas, but we got to hone in on the one that's going to really be a fit for us and fit for yeah. the people that we're trying to target and stop talking about all these other ideas and figure out how we can hone in and make this thing work do you see that happening a lot with uh, with people that you uh, associate with yeah uh, absolutely and um to that end um it's it's very timely too uh, a couple of weeks ago a client asked me to come out to their uh off-site meeting to help them really with 2024 planning and uh i basically wrote it was a two-day event and i basically wrote the agenda um with the first day really being about understanding the challenges and really dialing in what are the problems that we are trying to solve? What are we trying to, what's the you know vision that we are trying to work towards? The second day was about, you know, okay, what is the, what's the, how do we, what's the innovation that's going to get, get us there? What are the, you know, where are we going to focus? Where are we going to put the, you know, where are we going to do our testing and experimentation? And the first thing I did, the first slide I showed were rules of engagement for this two-day session. And I said, one of the key things on that, on that, um, that slide was, uh, if you have an idea, which you will, because everyone in here is creative, there's the board. Go walk up <laughs> and put your, you know, and like, and we, put, we actually carved out a corner of the whiteboard and said, you know, ideas to discuss. But we, I said, we'll have a short brainstorming session at the end of day one so that nobody goes crazy holding it in. But I said, we're, let's all hold each other accountable, including me, because one of my friends uh, uh, famously described the disease I have as idearia, which is <laughs> not, not the, you know, it's a little gross, but it was funny too. Um, but I, I'm everybody, I think creative people are naturally going to come up with ideas, but the yeah. key is, um, I think if you really want to drive growth, you have to start with understanding the challenges, the problem that you're trying to solve, really start with a point A and a point B. And I think right. that discipline, again, going back to, to that word discipline, if you start with mm -hmm. like, let's focus first on understanding what we're trying to do and why, who we are and why we exist, and then let's figure out the solution. I think you'll get, you have a much better chance of, of getting to where you're trying to go. I like that. That's great advice. Um, so Switching gears just a little bit, we were talking before we got uh, started on the recording about um, um, some of the businesses that you work with. You work with a lot of people who are developing apps, companies that are developing mm -hmm. apps and everything. So can you maybe give us some examples of some of the, I know you can't name names. We've already <laughs> talked about that. But give some examples of some of the things you're working on and, and what the process is in working and developing an app uh, with these folks. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I'm fortunate that um, with growth, because I think growth starts with this, these principles of sustainable, um, growth. Yeah. You know, that's the foundation. Um, I don't feel like I'm limited to one industry. So I've, I've actually had the experience of working with B2C, B2B companies. I worked with an e-commerce uh, company in the, in the medical dental space for almost two years. Um, and I think because gr the, the foundational piece that we're working from, uh, is consistent. I, I've had, I've been able to have impact in, in a variety of industries. With mobile apps in particular, I, I'm passionate about them. I think it's a really fun um, and exciting space. Mobile apps, um, 
especially when when teams understand the job to be done, what we're trying to accomplish with a mobile app, um, they can be very effective. What I haven't seen is mobile apps that try to be sort of the everything to everyone app, like the Swiss Army apps. Um, that's usually not what apps do well. Um, if you think about the apps that you use, right, like whether it's Calm for meditation, uh, I don't know, think of any anything that you might use, uh, Duolingo to learn a language, any of these things, they do one thing really well. That doesn't mean that they don't have multiple features. Um, but I think app success uh, starts with like a clear picture of like, this is what this product is supposed to do and that laser focus on delivering value to the end user with that. So um, yeah, I've had... I've, I've worked on an app that does family journaling. I have done uh, one that's sort of bridged both B2B and B2C and um, uh, unified communications. So think of like, uh, you know, Zoom meets Dropbox. Um, it's been, so again, it's been really fun to sort of have that diversity of, you know, the diversity of, of clients to work with. Um, because I think, again, like it gives me um, opportunities to learn constantly. And I think that's, um, it, that's the biggest thing is to, again to try to bring the learnings from across you know a broad spectrum of of uh of businesses into you know to solving a specific problem i mean one of the things you know it's that's interesting you know as you develop your podcast you'll probably like we did you'll probably start to hear recurring themes and like one of the things that we constantly hear from fast-growing companies is when they went to grow internationally, it was a lot harder than they expected, right? Like it didn't, the product market fit they had in the US did not automatically translate to product market fit in Germany or Great Britain, whatever. And you start to hear things like that, but then you start to hear like, okay, how did they overcome it? What were the solutions to that? Well, now when I work with a client, if they're telling me that they wanna work, uh, you know, they're thinking about expanding internationally. I have this, knowledge base from my own experience uh, with with working on international apps, but also from these conversations to really understand, okay, what's the right starting, starting, you know, where do you start with trying to be successful in this? So I, I think that's like, that's the great thing is, you know, uh, when you can work through, work with diverse clients in diverse industries, um, you start to get better at helping them uh, regardless of their industry or market. Um, but you also start to be able to take the learnings from one across to another. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I could imagine that, you know, the culture, just the difference in culture is going from one country to another. I was talking with a, um, a person the other day who was from, um, Africa and just little, little things that you don't even think about. She told me that in her culture, you don't look at somebody in the eye. Uh, it's a sign of disrespect. Whereas in this country, if you don't look at us in the eye, it's, we think you're being disrespectful. Right. So, I mean, just little tiny things like that. And maybe that, you know, kind of um, with an app, maybe it's a little bit different. I don't know, but I mean, you've got to find those cultural differences, language differences and all kinds of things like that. I would imagine that's quite the challenge. It is. Mobile apps are actually extra interesting because with mobile apps, um, the app stores, uh, Apple's app store and Google play, they make it super easy to go international. In fact, you know, if you want to go international, you press a button and say, "Hey, I want to go into this country." <laughs> um, it, it's not quite that simple, but it's close. The so, I think that gives companies like a false sense of not security, but they, a false understanding of how growth works, right? Because 
yes, you can, ex you can launch your, your product in another country pretty easily. And of course, you know, it's pretty quick, you know, most companies will say, well, let's, let's launch in countries where we have the same, the same language, right? Like, you know, if you're in the U S it's easy to launch in the UK or Australia, but when you, but then you say, oh, we'll just launch in, in Germany. So you go and translate your you translate your app into German and you deploy it in Germany. The problem is just what you said. There are cultural norms and differences. There are different problem sets in different countries and without boots on the ground to actually understand those, those dynamics, um, you can set yourself up for failure pretty easily. So, but the problem is like, if you start from zero, anything can seem like a win. So like we had a product called tape call, um, at Teltech still, still exists today. It allows you to record calls on your iPhone. If we would launch when we would expand to another country, localization was like one, the language localization was just one piece of the, of the puzzle, right? You know, why do people record calls in the U S might be different than why they want to record calls in, you know, um, you know, in Ukraine. And it, like, we, you know, we would find that, you know, different, you know, different countries, there were different trust issues that people had to, had to deal with being able to just launch in that other country. Like if you said, well, we had zero clients and we had zero customers in, in Ukraine, and now we have a thousand, you might say it's a win, but is it a win? Or like, did you miss out on, you know, on a million users in that country? These are the things that you have to learn. Um, you have to learn and you have to be, uh, recur it sounds like a broken record, but be disciplined about, I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, so the app stores, I think give you a little bit of that, it's easy to expand into another country, but it's hard to do it right. And it's easy to think you've done it well just because you're there. Um, but the reality is that the companies that really succeed with international expansion, um, they do it with a lot of intentionality. I love it. So you, in your bio, you talk about how you, um, you, know, you use the best practices of the world's fastest growing companies to help accelerate growth for your clients and everything. So I would imagine that, you know, these things that you've learned, you know, with the stuff that we just talked about just now, these are things that you can, you know, it's not always about what you can do, uh, but it's also things about what you shouldn't be doing. So you've learned these things and these are things that you can pass on pretty easily to the clients that you're working with, I would imagine. Um, I wouldn't say it necessarily easily. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing's um, easy, right? <laughs> nothing's easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, what not to do is often, often, like you said, just as important as what to do. Um, you know, I think, uh, a lot of that is again, just sort of not getting ahead of yourself in your, in your efforts. Like I think companies, like, I think all of us naturally, we, we, we want to, we want to jump into tactics because, we have ideas and we, we think that those are the, the right way to go. Um, but you have to think about the why behind those things before you, before you jump, you know, one of the, I did this series, um, a couple about a year ago called good question. It's like good questions that, uh, leaders ask, ask of themselves and their teams to drive growth. And like one of the questions, uh, and I got, these are questions that I solicited from people I respect in growth. So for example, one question was, how are we not different? Um, I got that from the CEO of, at the time, he was the, the CEO of FTD Flowers, Charlie Cole. He was saying like, look, when you're trying to figure out differentiation, a good place to start is how are we not different? He was saying that like, 
you know, I got to FTD flowers and I was like, we're going to make the best bouquets ever. Like these bouquets are going to be the absolute best. And then he's like, then I thought about it there. I found out that there's like the same four suppliers supplying every, like the same, the same stems to everybody. There's these limitations. He's like, you really aren't going to win by creating the best bouquet. So you start saying, how are we not different? Well, you're not going to create the best bouquets, but where can we be different? Okay. We can have the best customer service. We can have the best relationship with, with, with the, the customer on the other end. That was like, you know, uh, that's been helpful for me. And that's been something that I've been able to help my clients um, bring into their conversations. Um, is it a guess or is it a fact? That's something that Sean, whenever we've been working together, you know, and I get excited about something, I would say, Sean, we should do this. And he would say, you know, because of this. And he would say, well, do you know that to be true? Or is, <laughs> is it a guess or is it a fact? How, like, how do we know this to be true? It's yeah. such a great yeah. question to constantly challenge yourself with. And that's the kind of thing that, that only through making mistakes and, and experience um, I've been able to become better at. And, and, and look, I think um, wh- why I think I have had success as a, a advisor, as a coach and in these roles, I think is because I'm pretty, pretty clear that um like growth is a team sport and I don't have all the answers. I don't have like, to me, asking the right questions is a lot more important than, than having the the right answers. If I come into a a client's business, the chances that I know more about their business than they do is zero. Right. 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 So, you know, you, you know, you think about like classic, like consulting, like, you know, this guy's an expert or this woman's an expert, they come in and they're going to sprinkle their pixie dust on your business. Like, I don't think that's a winning, that's a winning approach. I think coming in and saying, you know, really listening, understanding what are the challenges, working back again to that starting point of how do we create value for, for end users and walking through the step-by-step process, asking the right questions. That's how you get to the collaboration that actually drives success in a business. So that's what I think good coaching is about, right? And yeah, um, and, and good advising. It's not pretending that you're just the smartest person in the room. Um, I rarely, I I'm definitely not in my own house, the smartest person in my own room, in the room, but, uh, <laughs> but that's cause I have a 15 year old daughter. Um, <laughs> I, I, I get that. I, I was actually talking with my booker earlier and I said, look at, I don't want anybody on my show that's smarter than me. And she said, you'll never have anybody on your show. So, um, <laughs> you know, we kind of nixed that. We had to tweak that just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, to me, it's not being the smartest. It's, it's, it's being the, it's being the most authentic and genuine um that you can be and you know uh like in that interview with the ceo of all trails that you and i were were chatting about you know one of the things that he mentioned was uh he said uh authenticity is is our currency at all trails and i was like well that's the reason why they just won iphone app of the year because Mm -hmm. like that's that's a i mean that that's a a core value to live by for sure Um, right so i think you know trying to just you know, be authentic, work with, with clients to, to help, to help them get the best out of themselves. I think that's, that's what good coaching uh, should be about. And right. And, and everybody and should listen to that interview and everybody should listen to that interview because it goes back to exactly what you were saying when we started this interview is that, you know, if you're, you have to be able to serve your 
um, customers with something. I, you didn't say that exactly, but that's kind of what I heard. Uh, so you can't just go out and shoot an idea out and, and, and hopefully it's going to it's going to stick someplace. You really have to have a purpose. And with all trails, yeah. they had a purpose. And if you listen to that podcast, you'll understand what that's all about. And I really highly recommend that. Uh, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you love what we're talking about, absolutely. And we'll talk about this at the end, how to find your podcast and everything. But listen to that podcast. It was very, very good. I, I can't get get you out of here. I mean, I can't, can't let you leave without at least talking a little bit about your podcasting. Uh, unfortunately we were coming to the end and, and, you know, I'm looking at it going like, man, we just have so many things more that we could talk about. We could be here all night, but yeah. I really got, I want to, I want you to talk a little bit about your podcasting, how you got into that and how that's going and where we can find that podcast. Sure. So it's the breakout growth podcast, which I co-host with, with Sean Ellis. So, uh, the long story short is that, uh, Sean started this podcast, um, I guess about three and a half years ago. I could be wrong, but a, a while back. Um, and I was his first interview. I was uh, at Teltech at the time with RoboKiller. And he was like, I want to interview leaders from the world's fastest growing companies. And he was, I think also uh, just the fact that we had a 20 plus year relationship coming into it. He felt like this would be a good place to start. So if he made a, you know, made any mistakes, we could, you know, we could redo it or whatever. Um, but no, it, was, it was a great conversation. And, but, um, after that, I just sort of, um, he would ask me, you know, he'd say, Hey, here's a raw recording I did. Can you give me advice or, or thoughts on, on what you think worked or didn't work? And I would try to give him feedback. Um, eventually, um, I started writing, um, growth studies based on the podcast, uh, conversations he was having. Um, and he invited me back at some point to do some sort of wrap up. And then he just said, you know, why don't you just you know, join me as a co-host. And, uh, it's been, it's been wonderful from there. Um, yeah. So like we said, the theme is, uh, we like to speak to uh, leaders from the world's fastest growing companies. We've, uh, obviously all trails is a, a recent one, but the CEO of FTD flowers, we've had, um, uh, I mean, we've had great companies from, uh, uh, we've had people from Shopify. We've had, uh, yeah, I'm, of course, I'm going to forget off the top of my head, but uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, like some really amazing um, uh, people on the podcast, um, and you know, like I said, uh, we we did it. We we built the podcast because we were we love growth, we love learning, and we wanted to create this environment where people would talk about their growth experiences as authentically as possible. Um, so. It wasn't about, hey, let's, you know, let's, let's, you know, dig into, you know, your every, you know, all your data or tell us something that you wouldn't tell someone else. It was just like, hey, what's the story behind this? Like, why is, why is all trails such a success? Um, what, what were the mistakes you made and the challenges? And, and hopefully we get our guests to be, feel so comfortable um, that we're there to just have that, you know, coffee shop conversation mm -hmm. um, that they have a good time uh, speaking with us and, um, and they get as much out of the, the conversation as we can. And I think because we both coach and advise, um, a lot of times we do get into the, um, those kinds of conversations where, and you know, we, it, the, it's always nice when a guest says, I hadn't thought about that. We should try that. Or, you know, or we think of something like, Oh, we should try that on the, yeah. um, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, a really wonderful experience. Um, we have, um, we, we, we really, um, we try to stick, you know, pretty firmly to like, you know, who we, you know, the types of, of guests we have, but, um, 
but yeah, it's just, it's been an amazing experience and it's, it's definitely helped me to become a better coach and advisor. Fantastic. So to find the podcast, to find out more about Ethan Gar, where do our, where does our audience have to look? Uh, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, just search for Ethan Gar and I'll come up. Uh, but the podcast you can find at breakoutgrowth.net or on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, uh, where you can watch the, the recordings as well. Um, and, uh, Sean and I both publish content on breakoutgrowth.net. Um, and you can find me through that as well. Fantastic. Well, Ethan, you've been a, a phenomenal guest. I really appreciate you being on the show. Wealth of information. One last question for you. Sure. Okay. You've been in this podcast thing for a lot longer than I, I have been, right? <laughs> How'd I do? Oh, this is awesome. I, I, oh, great. I, I had a great time. I had a great time being a guest. So I think like, again, like that's, you know, we want our guests to feel like they had a great time. So from that perspective, we won. <laughs> All right. Fantastic, man. Check us in the mail. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Hey, listen, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Business Breakthroughs is sponsored by Titan Media Works. Check us out at titanmediaworks.com. That's work spelled W-O-R-X. Uh, also check out all of our other great hosts on the Small Business Delivered Network at smallbusinessdelivered.com. Until next time, have a good day. Bye-bye. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.